Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. All day, I dream about podcasts all day. All day I dream about podcasts. That's actually true. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is very true. Hello, how are you? You know what? Um, I went to bed an hour later than usual last night and it has absolutely ruined me. Oh, no. I, think, I don't know if this is a lockdown. You were in bed at nine o'clock at I night. Know. It was way past my bedtime. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't have my story read to me. I didn't have my cup of cocoa. Yeah, it was. I was a bad shape, man. Bad, bad shape. I'm very sorry to hear that. Yep. So then I woke up and I wrote a song about how my parents were bad. And then I wrote loads of lyrics to it, and then I recorded it, and it goes. <laughs> So I turned it into a bunch of indecipherable noises, but it is lyrics. I promise. It is definitely lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I am good. I'm very excited to be talking about one of the greatest bands of the 90s. The 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 band that created new metal. Yeah. Without Corn, we would not have this podcast. This is this is true. This is very true. So without them, there's no Limp Biscuit, there's no Slipknot, no no Deftones, no Mudvayne, no, mud no Mushroom Head, <laughs> no Taproot, no no Spine Shank, <laughs> no Disturbed. Oh man, Corn are the forerunners of new metal, as well established. Um, they were um, one of the bands that really brought Ross Robinson into the limelight, the, mm. the, the producer who became a big old part of new metal um, and basically brought the dumbest band of rock music <laughs> to the mainstream. <laughs> and for that, I will always love them. Um, and I was a huge fan of Korn when I was a youngster. Were you? I don't know if they were my favorite band. Um, but they were up there when I was an impressionable team with terrible taste. And so it's been really interesting going back and revisiting them because apart from the odd song here and there, I hadn't listened to them comprehensively in a very long time. Um, whereas you were never as big a fan, were you, when you were young? I wouldn't say I disliked them. I did like them. They were part of the whole new metal canon and they were okay by me but I was never massively into them. They were low down on my list of priority bands. Like often you'd have their songs on compilation albums or whatever, or mixtapes or whatever. And like, or their songs would come on, on Kerrang! or MTV2. I wouldn't skip them, but I'd never be like, oh yeah, I'd never turn on Kerrang! going, oh yeah, I hope it's Freak on a Leash again. Even though nine times out of 10, it probably was. (laughs) It would be either Freak on a Leash or Here to Stay. The two songs that were constantly on (laughs) Kerrang! Uh, but that um, video for Freak on a Leash, I think, is a really iconic music video, full stop. Um, it's like the whole thing of it goes out of the cartoon and the bullet follows the bullet and then it goes into the room and then he scats at the bullet and then it runs away. It's genius. It's genuinely genius. It's a really well put together video that perfectly captures the song and is also just, yeah, a great video and is iconic, but it's also stupid. <laughs> Yes, yeah, um, and it's it's one of the um, one of the biggest sort of standing points of nineties culture, I suppose, is that Corn album. Just because you've got one of the big bands of the nineties with one from one of the stupidest genres of the nineties, um, with artwork and the cartoon uh, work in the in the in the video by Todd McFarlane, yeah. our favorite our favorite Edge Boy from the comics scene he's a he's a a comics Um, man he's he is the comics man who did all of the gritty 90s stuff um you know the the creator of spawn he did a lot of work on spider-man back in the 90s and 80s um and um and recently directed joker he he does all of it and um (laughs) 
And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of love him because without him, we probably wouldn't have Image Comics, which is a really interesting um, like offshoot of DC and does lots of does lots of great things. Sorry, not offshoot of DC, but like a, a, a stands alongside DC and stands alongside Marvel as this yeah. sort of um, alternative voice almost as one of the major publishers of, of comic books. So, you know, things like The Walking Dead, things like Spawn. Um, yeah. And, like you know, Saga. when it was formed, took a lot of great steps towards, you know, paying its creators fairly and giving them better rights to their work and stuff. Yes. And, and it allows people to take risks that otherwise they wouldn't have been allowed to do in the in the comic, the sort of mainstream comic sphere. Um, and, you know, obviously the, you, there's a big indie comics industry and, and, and there always has been indie comics. But having something with that kind of clout to sort of punch above and sort of run alongside things like DC and Marvel um, is really, I don't know, I think it's really important that they exist. Um, and, you know, they made the good old corn video, Todd McFarlane. He, yeah. He, he's a freak on a leash. A little girl playing hopscotch on the and edge of a cliff. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where you want to play hopscotch. Um, but corn, something that interested me, Bagpipes. Bagpipes. Something that interested me was a horrible cover of Lowrider by War with the main (laughs) riff played on bagpipes. Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully, it's only about a minute long. Um, That's one of those um, songs that, for some reason, my wife, my wife, like, she really, really hates it every time I put it on. She's like, turn that shit off. (laughs) Not the corn version. I mean, the original. I I bet she put on my son's, like, playlist of fun songs that he put on when he wants to listen to music. I bet she I think it's a fun little song. I like like Larry Rider. I think it's a good song. Yeah. Um, Although, if you're uh, around our age and grew up in the UK, you will always associate it with Marmite. Yes, you will. It is the Marmite song. Um, and and corn are a bit like marmite aren't they because they are <laughs> they are yeasty dark and bitter <laughs> um but but i mean that they're, they're they're extremely divisive because they're a very weird band and i think some something that i didn't recognize when i was when i was younger is going back and listening to the kind of instrumentation particularly on those early albums we'll talk more about how they become a, a bloated stadium rock band in a bit but when you listen back to particularly life is peachy and uh, follow the leader so um th- those two their second album and their third album there's those real weird contrasts within their instrumentation so you've got um slap bass and and almost hip hop drums as yeah. this kind of as the kind of rhythm section and it's an incredibly tight interesting rhythm section then you've got these really low low tune seven string guitars that have this very sludge quality to them and then but they do a lot of very high up riffing as well yes and you can tell that rage against the machine were a very um big inspiration on corn because they've yeah. got that real mix between the low end and the high end it's 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 a real contrast between the two and you know you 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 kind of see things you know they they're apparently very influenced by Primus, by Alice in Chains as well, right, yeah. um, by Mr. Bungle. Um, and so there's there's that real blend there of these these strange guitar licks, almost a hip hop rhythm section, and then bagpipes and screaming. And it's it's such a strange, <laughs> such a strange blend. And I think and when like wolf scatting. Yeah, the wolf scat. That is the perfect yeah. term for it. Um yeah, and so yeah, you've got the you've got this metal, you've got this funk, you've got this hip hop, you've got this bagpipe, um. which you know when you put you list all those things as the you know the sum of something that should be bigger, you know, sum of parts, whatever. I can't get the expression out today because I'm too tired because I went to bed late. But um, you know, when you list all those things, it sounds like one of those really bad descriptions of a band where like a band tries to describe itself and they're like. Yeah, our guitarist is really into this, and he's into this, and we all ble- we blend genres, guys, because no one's ever done that before. And it's actually they're just playing like rock music. Yes, yeah, a battle um, of the bands band. Yeah, the battle of the bands band that's covering um, Sex on Fire. <laughs> Sex on Fire, but getting the the rhythm wrong, like every band that covers yeah. Sex on Fire. <laughs> um, but 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 Corn really are this, and and it's almost another example of System of a Down where. A band like this would never be a stadium rock sensation. They'd never sell out stadiums. They'd never. They'd never be massive headliners. 
in in the modern day because it's almost as though those kind of strange bands they get this niche following but they never are able to make it into the mainstream because our industry is not set up in the same way as it as it um, no. as it as it was at the time no not at all it's yeah when you think back to how weird some of this music is and especially with corn because by the you know early to mid 2000s when all of this stuff was peaking corn had been around for quite a long time you know, when they were releasing music in the early 90s, there were, there were no other bands doing this, and that's why they're credited with, you know, with creating the new metal genre, basically. Um, but yeah, it's to come out of basically nowhere with a sound like that and to do really well and get into the mainstream is an incredible feat. Yes, and, and just to put this into, into perspective, they have a triple platinum album. They have two double platinum albums. One is certified five times platinum. These guys are are massive in terms of record sales. More than 35 million records sold worldwide. Um, and what's interesting is you do look at those those albums where they really stand out. And, and you're right, they kind of predate the, the height of new metal. So you're, when you're thinking of things like Linkin Park and, and all of the bands that copied Linkin Park off the back of the success of Hybrid Theory, that, yeah. that's where I kind of pinpoint where new metal reached its height and its nadir at the same time, um, <laughs> is, is that kind of moment. But a lot of Korn stuff really um, really came before that. And 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 the things that came after that peak new metal era is kind of the band on on the decline before they kind of came back again. And you know these guys are still going. Um, yep. Their lineup hasn't really changed that much. One of the guitarists left um, and came back. Their their drummer left and, and was permanently replaced. Yeah. Um, but Didn't but the, generally, I can't remember which stupidly named guitarist it was who left and came back. But when was, he left, it, it, it seemed head. like. They, it was head. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Totally normal. Totally fine. Yep. Hi, I'm head. Yep. Totally normal. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with that. Totally fine. Um, yeah. Uh, when he left, they didn't replace him. Uh, am I correct in saying they just kind of carried on with just the one guitar still playing their old songs and it still seemed to work. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's really interesting that they cut, they made that decision. They didn't replace him. Obviously you've got to replace a drummer. Uh, so, um, <laughs> yeah. So they, so they uh, they'll be like, replace- no, no guys. I've got, got a great idea. We're going to replace the drums with bagpipes. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have bagpipes, but also just Jonathan Davies like scatting whilst using a cajon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what we want to hear. He's got like um, a super bagpipe cajon hybrid drum kit around him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but but yeah, but but corn, you know, they've they've kept going, and and something that I, I I quite respect about them is that they they have gained a consistency over the years. I think they really struggled towards the real sort of um, end of the sort of rock scene and the end of the mainstream metal scene. So around the end of the twenty tens is where a lot of that kind of music dropped off mainstream popularity entire entirely um and and you know you had you had other kind of music that were really taking their place so even when we were at university there were still relatively big hard rock bands that were around and that were still pushing on even though the indie scene had really taken over but i think towards the end of that it was kind of really struggling and and, and it's bounced back a bit now but um that's where they they did their their album with Skrillex, which is a very bizarre. I don't know if you listened to the. Part I of I sort of flicked through it. I didn't listen to it all in depth, but I didn't hate it. It was okay. No, I I think there's much worse genre blends out there. Um, I actually genuinely love the song "Narcissistic Cannibal." Yeah, it is, it's not it bad. is a super catchy little um dance number with some added guitar on it. Um, and I read that Jonathan Davis also has an EDM alter ego, which is J Devil. Yes, which I'm all, all in favour of, <laughs> J Devil. We love you. I haven't um, listened to it. Is it any good? Uh, it, it is certainly music. I wouldn't say <laughs> I wouldn't say it's my favourite. But um, again, it's it, it's fun to see that they they're doing things. Um, but but they released a new album at the end of last year. I think it was in September or October, and it's actually pretty good. Um, it kind of gets back to the 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 big old stadium rock element that Korn took on. So um, there's this real split, and I, I see this real split between 90s Korn and 2000s onwards Korn, where you listen to those first four albums um, up to Issues, and there's some real sort of hip-hop influence in them. And, and it's really, really strong hip-hop, 
uh, quite a lot of weird stuff. And then after that, things become more riff centric and more traditional rock music centric. Yeah. Um, so starting with Here to Stay and everything from Untouchables onwards, it's it's they kind of get into this groove of, you know, making making big old angry rock songs instead of the kind of dark experimentation that came before it. And I mean, my favorite era is I, I think they had three really good albums. So uh, Life is Peachy, Follow the Leader and Issues, I think are very, very strong and I think are weird and flawed. Um, mm-hmm. But there's something interesting and something unexpected about them. Um that really shines through from a genre that a lot of the time is very overproduced um and very samey and and i think maybe they they deserve a little bit more credit than they have because they almost became a parody um and and this kind of a big punching bag along the same lines <laughs> as as limp Bizkit or um or papa roach were where they'd be sort of like or, or slipknot you know you, you did the old or oh, you're yeah. listening to slipknot or oh, i'm a shouty man um, yeah, like corn Yeah, um, my dad would always like consistently joke all the time about forming a tribute band called Corn. <laughs> I mean, that would be like great. every time. I didn't even listen to them very often, but if I was listening to any metal, it'd be that'd be the joke. I think that would be wonderful, though. There's more room for that, like a meatloaf tribute called Nutloaf, yeah. um, or Nut Cutlet would be great. Nut Cutlet. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nut Cutlet. Thanks for coming to my TED um, talk. But but you know we 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 talk about we talk about corners being the originators of new metal. Um and that's not just us waxing lyrical here. Um you know ba- other 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 bands that were the the pioneers of the genre have said that corn were their influence. Yeah. You talk about Limp Bizkit, you talk about Slipknot, you even talk about bands like Machine Head which which ran parallel to um to the new metal scene. Yeah. Um they all were heavily influenced by particularly the first album of Corns. Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's really interesting um to think about these guys who became kind of like the 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 standard bearer for for the genre as a whole being something pioneering. It's very odd to to think of them that way because they're so entrenched in the genre altogether. Yeah. Where whereas often And so when, synonymous with that that slightly cringeworthy idea of new metal as being this like angsty teenage boy idiot music. Yes, yeah. Um, and and so- nihil- nihilistic, you know, generic nihilism from the early 2000s when everyone was wearing baggy jeans. <laughs> yeah, whereas, of course, Corn were wearing kilts. Um, <laughs> but- kilts and Adidas tracksuits. <laughs> kilts and tracksuits, a great combination. Um, but but Corn, I think... He does have Scottish heritage, to be fair to him. Yeah, he's allowed. He's allowed to play bagpipes. I allow it. Yeah. Um- <laughs> um but but when you when you were listening to corn did, did you listen to to specific albums as part of this or did you listen to a a, a sort of greatest hits element or or, or yeah what i was you, only ever really do? a singles guy with corn and i i i tried to listen to as much of the album stuff as possible but the only album i actually listened to all the way through was um rock and roll gangster by field east dreams <laughs> just as an aside <laughs> but um yeah so no i i just went back and listened to the um the singles and i most of them hold up really really well and I wasn't actually expecting to enjoy it as much as I did and not because I thought the corner bad I just they never grabbed me in the same way that um that Limp Bizkit did or that Papa Roach did back in the day they were just kind of there but um yeah I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would and I thought I, I noticed all the stuff as you say the really interesting stuff that I didn't really appreciate at the time because at the time when that was what most of the music you were listening to was like, you just think, oh, yeah, it's, well, yeah, there it is. But um, I really noticed how interesting the bass sound is as well, because you've got that slap bass, but it's got that really, like, um, kind of resonant quality to it. Yes. That, yeah. that metallic resonance it that sounds, you don't it, get with a lot of slap bass. It's like a dirty bass guitar um, thrown into a dustbin is what it sounds like and i really love it i'm um, sure reginald fieldy Arvizu would be very happy with that description fieldy we love you on this podcast you're our favorite we we unapologetically love fieldy's dreams on this podcast yeah um we want more of that but also we love your your bass tone it is really good um and and, and i was in the kind of similar camp to you not expecting to like it as much as i did um not because i i didn't appreciate it at the time but because i was such a fan of them when i was younger 
um, that I was kind of dreading going back because I was thinking, oh God, this is going to be really shit, isn't it, when I go back? But but actually, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I think, you know, since then, I've, I've become a much better musician, hopefully, than I was when I was a teenager. Um, and I've gained more appreciation for that kind of producing end and, and, and tone and interesting guitar playing choices and when so, you were learning guitar were you like trying to play like corn playing all the high stuff and then trying to tune down to drop b because you didn't have a seven string guitar because who has a seven string guitar <laughs> exactly so i was doing a little bit of that um i was mainly playing things like muse though um when, mm. I, was, when I was getting started out muse was that i tried to, to play a lot of i remember um, trying to learn how to play plug in baby like thinking that was the greatest riff ever um, <laughs> well done for making it sound like a medieval jig. <laughs> That's where they're going next. They've done their they've done their rubbish eighties album. Next, they're going to go medieval. That's what music are going to do next. Oh, going to get some lutes out. Remember when Muse were good? Yeah, I do. I'm really sad. I listen to them now, and I think, mate, they need someone to reel them back in and say, yeah. and, and and not 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 stroke their egos as much as as is currently being done i i think the problem is that they can get away with doing what they want and that's not necessarily a good thing yeah um because they're not challenging in the way that they used to no um and i i think that's the real problem is is it's all just a bit boring and you know bloated horseshit yes i haven't really properly listened to any of their music since supermassive black hole which was a banger um, yeah, I I I love them so much that whenever a new album comes out, I always listen to it. And every time now, I come away being like, "Why did I bother doing that?" <laughs> and every every so often, there's an absolute stonker of a track that they put out, and you're like, "Oh wow!" And, and often it's not the singles; it's often the um the some of the album songs are very very good. But you're just like, "Why did you not do more of that?" Um, yeah. And 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 corn. To, to bring it back on topic, corn corn also became big old bloated nonsense, but I think they kind yeah. of carried it off a bit better. So so the Untouchables album is is kind of one of their high points in terms of sales and in terms of their relevancy because it was 2002, new metal was everywhere, cornerback, they're fucking angry. Now yeah, they've got... Their, the, here to Stay is on that. That is a really good song. It is a really good song. Um, they've got their tip microphone stand designed, <laughs> designed by H.R. Geiger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Fucking Ro- ridiculous. Pointy-titted robot lady microphone. I absolutely love it. It's one of the <laughs> stupidest things ever. Um, <laughs> Where does it go when they're not on tour? Like, is it just sitting in his house? I, I like to think so. It's... He, just, he gets back and he just, like, puts it in the kitchen rest, and rests a cup of tea on it. It, become, it becomes a little <laughs> breakfast bar. That's what it becomes. Yeah. He's got two of them and he puts a, he puts a little um, marble slab across them and it becomes a breakfast <laughs> bar in his kitchen. Yeah, just eating it, sitting there in the morning eating his rice krispies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking, looking for obscure bagpipe records on eBay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Untouchables, I think, is the real. That, that there's, there's much less of a hip hop influence on Untouchables. It's much more rock heavy. Um, good to be played in front of crowds of like tens of thousands of people, and and yeah. some of it works really well. So Here to Stay, I think, is one of their best songs. Um, but overall i think it kind of showed that the direction they were going in and and some of that direction's really good you know each album they've released and i think it, it is surprising you listen to each of their albums and there is actually something good on all of them but they lost mm-hmm. that they lost that danger and they lost that um that real nastiness and that that unpredictability that came in those earlier albums after that point you don't think it's um, dangerous to go you want a single, say fuck that. <laughs> I mean, I, I do love you want a single. <laughs> Y'all want a single, say fuck that. Dad, fuck that. Um, it's such <laughs> it's a, a really song. stupid song, but I, I that's a, like a guilty pleasure song because that is really dumb. Yeah. It's like, um, have you um have you ever heard the Ben Folds song Rock in the Suburbs? Uh, no, I haven't. No. It's like a it's a parody of these kind of songs, kind of. And at the end of it, there's a bit where he goes, "You better move down because I'm gonna say fuck." You better move down, and it always reminds me of that. It's a similar thing. It's like, "Hey, I'm saying fuck." <laughs> Love it. And like, um, it's a message to my record company. I, I I do love those songs where it's basically just like "fuck you" record label. I I think it's really funny. Yeah, this is what um, a full decade after Prince wrote "Slave on His Face." You yeah, 
<laughs> when did you see corn changing themselves to the name of an un- to an unpronounceable symbol? <laughs> you all want a single say, fuck that. Well, they do have a backwards yeah. R in their name. How do you pronounce that backwards R? Yes. Kern. 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 Um, and then, then after that, yeah, so they did see you on the other side, which has your one a single, and it has right now, which is one of their best riffs. Um, and then after that, they, um, that's when they went to a four piece. They had songs like Twisted Transistor, which is a jam. Yeah, um, I quite like that. I hadn't heard that until this time. Like after, um, Take a Look in the Mirror, I, I stopped listening to them and was, yeah, I was phasing out into other stuff. But um, I think the last time I was genuinely engaging with them was their cover of Word Up, which at the time when I first saw the video, which blew my mind with all their like faces grafted onto the bodies of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I had never heard the song before and didn't realize it was a cover. And I was like, oh, okay. is this new corn? I like this. What's going on? And then I looked it up and found out that it was a cover. But I think it's really good. I think it's a good cover. I enjoy it. I love a good rock cover of a non-rock song, and I think they pulled it off really well, and with the right amount of humour as well. Yeah, um, which which is exactly what you need. Um, and because then- I think as well, people assume people who, again, aren't into metal or new metal, always assume that these kind of bands take themselves really seriously when actually they don't. Which is why Goof Factor is one of our one of our categories, but for for rating a band. But yeah, Corn don't take themselves as seriously as it might seem that they do, and no, that was apparent when I look back through their music. Yeah, and you can see that you can see that in their music videos in particular. Their music videos are often very, very funny or have this element of humour to them. Um, and 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 you've got this real shift in in atmosphere in their music. So some of it is incredibly dark. Um, you know, without without mincing words, um, in particular, Jonathan Davis had an incredibly fucked up childhood, and that comes through yeah. in the music in a specific way that a lot of other new metal bands didn't do. Where a lot of other new metal bands would have this generic "fuck you, mum and dad," blah blah blah, to their lyrics. Or um, I, I think that the perfect example are, are songs like "Points of Authority" by by Linkin Park, which is a song I love, but but a lot of a lot of it kind of comes across as generic rage in that that sort of element of it whereas yeah. with corn there's these real shut specific up when i'm talking to you shut That's up not that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh whereas with corn there's there's more of this specific um there's there's more of this specific uh, intensity to it and and real horrible real world examples um of what happened to him and the things that he experienced which i think is a lot more earnest than a lot of the bands from the time and i, I respect it a lot more um because of that because there is this you know that it is it is this catharsis that's coming through their music almost yeah for sure um so so yeah corn we're we're fans um and and so the perfect example of that is obviously you you did the whole shut up when i'm talking to you um which is a, a cool little refrain but it's a little bit um a little bit undermined by the fact that a good few years earlier in 1996 um Korn did something similar with what I think is their best song, a song called Good God, which is one of the singles of Life is Peachy, where the refrain before the final chorus is, won't you get the fuck out of my face? <laughs> yeah, which also is, is a Slipknot line as well, isn't it? In um, People Equal Shit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, get the fuck out of my face. So yeah. that's the thing that new metal people like to talk about is getting the fuck out of people's faces. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, put, put in a little clip of Good God here because I think it's an underrated song and I think it's one of their best, if not All their right. best song. Little little snippet here. You can put in the, the <laughs> get the fuck out of my face now if you want. Just to make this podcast entirely um, unmarketable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, samples of all the loudest and most aggressive bits of the new metal bands that we talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, put a I, clip of Twist somewhere as well. Yeah, we've got to we got to put Twist everywhere. Just put it. I on love that one. Corn, um, when I was at school and this was all popular, Corn were reasonably popular. Perhaps not as much as Limp Bizkit or whatever, but we had the out the CD of. Um, which up, yeah, of Life is Peachy, of which Twist is the first track. And there was a guy who we used to put it on and he hate, he would hate it and always ask us to turn it off because he thought it was the devil's song and it was the devil's <laughs> music and it would like literally summon the devil. So oh, we'd all put it only. on. Did, did you know that at the end of Life is Peachy, I don't know if you had it playing all the way to the end, but after all the silence after the final song, there's then the 
uh, the lyric only version of Twist at the end. So it is just him going. What saying saying words? No, no, no. So so just him scatting with oh. no no uh, no guitar, <laughs> no bass, or anything like that. Brilliant. That's just what I always wanted. It is exactly. It's their greatest song, obviously. and again that kind of stuff i remember being really dumb and didn't expect to enjoy it but listening to it i actually do find it really fun and it is funny but it also yeah it works doesn't it and actually going back and watching live videos of them from the time or when they do it live it really you know it gets the crowd going and it's part of their signature sound and you're like it'd be weird if they wasn't doing that right yeah exactly it would it would definitely be strange if it wasn't there and Corn is the perfect example of a load of things shoved together that shouldn't work but do. Um, yeah. You know why does a why does a metal band have bagpipes? Who knows? But it's great. <laughs> um, but it's I, not like it's on every song. No, no, it comes up every so often and is amazing when it when it appears. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah it's it's awesome. Um, but but shout out to all of their silly names. So yeah. <laughs> Let's say Jonathan Davis, yeah. although he does have his great alter ego. Yep. Shout out to J, J Devil, was J-Devil. it? J Devil. J Devil, yeah. Um, but then you've got James Monkey Schaefer on one of the guitars. And Monkey is spelt M U N K Y, of yep. course. Brian Head Welch on the other guitar. Uh, Reginald Fieldy Arvizu. Our it's boy, so much funnier if you him. say it in the middle of their real name. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and then there, it was David Silviera on the drums up until 2006, um, yep. and then Ray Luzier since then, who's who's been on the drums. Boring. Um, <laughs> where's where's your stupid nickname? <laughs> where's 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 Ray Elephantitis Luzier? <laughs> yeah. Elephantitis spelt wrong, of course. It's all Y's and F's. <laughs> yeah head that one is just so strange it just makes zero sense <laughs> I, I i could i could look up what the meanings are behind their nicknames but i really don't want to you I could, just leave but it, it would mystery. spoil it wouldn't it it would it would same um, with fieldy like did he genuinely come up with that just because he knew one day he was gonna do a hip-hop project called fieldy's dreams i choose to believe that they did and it also works um, in the lyrics that he can say at one point fieldy's nuts as well <laughs> yeah precisely <laughs> uh um but yeah it's it's uh it's 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 amazing there, there's so much character behind this band um it doesn't always work let's be honest um no. but there's still something really interesting about going back and listening listening to them i think particularly those early albums so follow the leader obviously was their big that was their breakout hit already they'd had success with the first album the self-titled corn album and, and, and life is peachy but follow the leader was the big one that just annihilated all the competition, really stamped uh, stamped new metal down in the market and said, look, this is what we're all about. Here's a guy in a tracksuit scatting whilst down-tuned guitars go <laughs> in the background. Um, but also it had all it had all of those elements. So, you know, it had those hip-hop elements. There's a song with Ice Cube on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the Far Side appear as well. Great underrated um, mm. hip-hop act. Um, and a really, really shit song with Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> really bad yeah um uh and it's really weird to think this came out in 1998 because like just freak on a leash was on tv was on the music channel so much in the t- 2000s that it felt like it was from then yeah but it just goes to show how how long the legacy of of that album was really um yeah. it just stuck around forever like as um, well before in fest is this even before significant other same year as significant other maybe Let's have a where all that stuff feels like like quite early for those bands this feels like late period corn almost and it's easy to forget that they were that bit further ahead yeah so so significant other was the year after blimey um yeah so it's it's amazing to think that you know they'd got this far three albums down the line before other bands had really made that mark um and obviously, you know, Def, Deftones have released some stuff as, as a as a band that you know they they try to distance themselves from um, from from corn and from the new metal scene quite yeah. a lot. 
Wasn't um, there some like stupid beef? This is the thing—the thing that we haven't talked about so much with new metal—is all the really, really stupid beef between some some bands. Yeah, well, th- there wasn't any beef between the actual artists. <laughs> it was between the fans of the different artists. So, right, okay. um, you know, um, uh, Chino Moreno actually does. He—he's the rapper on their cover of "Wicked" on "Life Is Peachy." Um, yeah. and, and one of the other songs on on that album is um, is named after Chi Cheng, the bassist of Deftones. You know they've they've always had um, uh, uh, respect for one another as artists and have collaborated, but obviously Deftones never wanted to tour with Corn because they didn't want to be considered a new metal band, which yeah. is going to ruffle some feathers when we eventually talk about Deftones on this podcast because <laughs> we're going to lump them in with it. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, that he he said in a uh, Chino said in an interview um, that he didn't want to tour with Corn, and then people were like, "Why don't you want to tour with Corn?" And then Deftones fans were like, "Of course he doesn't want to tour with Corn. No, what rubbish, mate." Yeah, then, he's not a scatting man in a kilt. He's a serious artist. <laughs> he's a serious artist. Um, and then I think pretty soon after that, he said, "Oh yeah, I tour with Corn." And Corn were like, "Yeah, we can <laughs> let's get on tour at some point." He's a serious artist performing songs from an album called "Around the Fur." <laughs> exactly, uh, Mini Maggot. Yeah. <laughs> um although yeah and, and again this this uh follow the leader came out before white pony as well yeah um, a couple of years before that feels white very pony, strange to me which is which is um very odd and obviously it's a it's a great album but you know um corn were doing this kind of back stuff to school before. that was on kerrang all the time as that well. was that was on kerrang it's, it's amazing because obviously that wasn't um it wasn't a proper song on White Pony either. We'll, we'll talk more about Deftones when we eventually get around to speaking yeah. about them. Um, but yeah, so so the real, I don't know. I, I, I like to think that people who went out and bought White Pony off the back of Back to School were very weirded out by songs like Change in the House of Flies. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, what is this? This is really weird. Um, but yeah, that picture, that image of him just like rapping on a school desk and towards turning his face angrily towards the camera that that's like forever imprinted on my mind yes yeah it's uh it's oh that that song and that video so good um but we we've talked a lot have you got anything else you'd like to say about corn um, um just that i still think freak on a leash is one of is a very important song and it's it's to me it's the perfect corn so song even though it is the obvious choice it's um yeah it's great and i I just pop into my head every so often and the the scatting on that is just perfect it blends into the song perfectly you know you get two-thirds of the way through and you're like oh yeah this is this is this is fine this is a normal metal song and then suddenly I'm I'm reading the lyrics now on google and it says boom nada noom nana nema the boom nada noom nana mena yeah just over and over again I'm I'm not sure that is the correct um <laughs> correct words. <laughs> I'd like to give Jonathan Davis a grammar lesson though, because it says the something takes a part of me you and I were meant to be a cheap fuck for me to lay. You do not lay a fuck, Jonathan Davis. That makes no <laughs> sense. Oh dear. Bless him. Oh, you said well, a cheap cock for me to lay, on the other hand. That would sense. be entirely accurate. Um We'll, we'll call him up. I mean, yeah. we, Jonathan, we know you're listening. I know, know you listen every week. We know you're a big fan of us talking about new metal bands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I would say, though, um, I don't know if you got round to it, but their album last year was actually very, very good. So if you're still in the mood to listen to some corn, go yeah, and check out. Yeah, I thought out, it was all right. Actually. Yeah, go and check out The Nothing. It is, it is a good album. They're, they've still got it, which is good to see. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it as much as their old stuff because it yeah, obviously didn't have the nostalgia factor for me. But I thought it was it was good. It was competent. Yeah. And it's really nice to see these kind of bands that are still going and still putting out music, which is which is good um, because it's a very hard thing for bands to do that. Um, you know, a lot of bands fall by the wayside after even some of the most successful bands put in a couple of albums and then and then drop off the map. And so to have that consistency um is is impressive so shout out to corn for being consistent but also being pioneers and also wearing kilts and having dreadlocks and playing bagpipes (laughs) and and wearing (laughs) and wearing um tracksuits one of which you write an entire song about called adidas yeah Uh, (laughs) shout out to adidas the the chorus is all day i dream about sex 
the the, yeah. the name of the song is Adidas. They also had I don't know if they had a sponsorship deal or whether they just wore a lot of Adidas at the time that they did it. I um, think they were wearing it in the hope that Adidas would send them money, and I'd imagine Adidas never did. Because they did get a they got a big sponsorship deal with Reebok afterwards. So you'll see oh, really? that they're wearing a lot of Reebok. Um, I Isn't think that from, like a Pepsi Coke type thing? Yeah, like, how, <laughs> yeah. Surely Reebok and Adidas are like rival brands. Yeah, so um, I think, I think, yeah, uh, I think it was Reebok. That <laughs> He's up there on stage having to change it, going all day. I dream about Reebok all day. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually, um, they they then got a deal with Pony, who are also a, a clothing company and a footwear company. Oh, um, yeah. So they do a lot of they do a lot of sponsorship deals with with clothes companies. And again, it's almost like a precursor to a lot of um, those kind of deals that happened within the rock and metal scene. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like corn are the angry dreadlocked version of, of star Wars in terms of making <laughs> th- those marketing decisions that, that, that changed the way that the industry kind of looked at it. Yeah. Um, I was and- amazed when Disney bought corn for $4 billion. Save <laughs> <laughs> you a matter of time. Every time I go on Disney plus freak on a leash is on there. I'm trying to find my Mandalorian <laughs> and just suddenly Jonathan Davis pops up. Boom, da, da, boom, da, da. Imagine how good it would be if baby Yoda <laughs> just started scatting though. I would love that. <laughs> That'd be great. He's a freak, but he's not on a leash. A freak, freak hovering without a leash. <laughs> um. <laughs> so feel these dreams, right? What did you make of rock and roll gangster? <laughs> Mate, feel these dreams. Um, I had never properly listened to it. I listened to the odd song here and there. Um, it was an experience. Yeah, the, uh, the singles aren't too bad. I enjoyed um, that one song. What was it called? Are You Talking to Me? I really yep. enjoyed. That is a great tune, an absolute banger. Um, I think the whole, uh, listening to it as an album as a whole gets a little much, but yep. <laughs> a song here and there goes down smooth. Yeah. And the, all the ones where it's good, are the ones with like guest vocalists, nothing against Fieldy's vocal style, but they take it to another level. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I think, yeah, a lot of it, it does rely on, on having those, those other people in. Um, but it, and it's, samples it's of fun. guns used as drum beats. That's exactly what you want. You want... Which again just reminded me of that rifle burst video. <laughs> I'll put that <laughs> yes. in the show notes. Put that in the show notes. Um, yeah, it is. It is incredibly nineties in every way that you'd expect. Um, it is very silly, but I'm glad it exists. Yeah, and it does. It does feel like a passion project, doesn't it? You can tell that it does. it's something it he does. loved and that he really wanted to do, and that he enjoyed making it. He Especially our... the song Child Vigilante, which I sent you the lyrics to. <laughs> oh my God, do Which it. is about him, teenagers causing, hap- causing a ruckus in the neighborhood. When the sun goes down, out come the freaks. Destructive little punk, breaking everything I see. Creep in your house and I'll piss on your couch. <laughs> Tug all your walls, tear the heads off your daughter's dolls. Shave your cat's back is a must. <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> Shave your cat's back is a must. Then I'll wipe my ass with your favorite toothbrush. Uh, Don't scrub a dub dub because I shit in your tub. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, it's about smoking weed and being a knob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, okay. Uh, Pouring we- salt on snails, shooting birds out of trees. This ain't no fairy tale, this is just me. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for maybe sure. i should do a whole other episode where i just do like a really serious like spoken word poetry performance of all of the fieldies dreams lyrics i think you should do that or maybe maybe we should have a bonus episode every so often where you're doing dramatic readings of the band that we've done that week i genuinely um, think there's an audience for that there's definitely an audience for that um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> feeling like a freak on a leash <laughs> feeling like i have no release yeah. Boom na danina danina. <laughs> um so right, okay, shall no, no, we No 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 it's boom na danum na nanema. I da boom na danum na namena. I do not believe you, I do not believe. <laughs> this is fake news on the internet. Um Right, okay, so shall I get up our supercomputer and we, yes, can, please. we can you have to boot it up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, so the computer is asking me to to put in the the, the first rating here. Um, so riff quality. Um, I've got an eight here because I think there is some absolute banging riffs from Corn. I don't think they're up there with in like a nine or ten because no. some of them are a bit muddy. But I think there's some real good riffs underneath the yeah. surface. Things like Here to Stay. That is a super duper grumpy riff. And especially um, if if you broaden the definition of riff and allow it to include some of the higher work, the, the high up guitar stuff, which you wouldn't traditionally include in that. But I think it's worth doing because they've got some really great stuff there that's really intricate and is that part of the song and part of their sound. So, yeah, in that context, I think it's an eight for sure. Yes. Yeah. I think it, as long as we're a little bit flexible with what a riff is, corner up there. But I don't think they could go higher than that. I think we've got to leave no. some space for, for bands to really reach those peaks. Um, and I've got the same again for the for catchy chorus quality, our next our next criteria. I've got an eight here. Songs like Freak on a Leash or Got the Life, um, yeah. really, really catchy, like unbelievably catchy. I catch myself singing Adidas far too often. <laughs> Because it is such a great song, and that chorus is lady just a banger. Loves that. <laughs> I'm sure she does. Um, but so I've got them an eight there. I, again, I don't think we can go higher than an eight because you know when we're thinking about other bands that are going to come up on this on this podcast that have those proper stonking choruses, Corn isn't up there with them. But I think we need to recognise they knew how to write a good pop song. Yeah. Um, and what's actually really telling about that is the weird MTV Unplugged they did from 2006, where like. It really should not work, but actually it does. Yeah, the weird strings and acoustic version of Freak on a Leash with Amy Lee is yeah. is such a bizarre <laughs> thing, but it does kind of work. It's very yeah. odd. Um, but again, Are we allowed to talk about Evanescence? They were around... Maybe I, they're like new metal adjacent. Yeah, I reckon we could we could sort of talk about them. They're the yeah. goth, goth light rock music. I think it would be interesting to talk about them anyway. Yes, yeah. Um so so yeah again that shows that deconstruction of their songs and they kind of work quite well um so yes corn eight on catchy chorus they're not top tier but they're very strong in the chorus category as well um for theatrics though i've got them a bit lower so they've got the bagpipes on stage yeah they, they've got the hr geiger tit microphone <laughs> stand they've got the kilts. But that didn't emerge until the 2000s did it no yeah. no so, so, so that was that was with here to stay that the the the, the titrophone came out um so so i've got them down as a seven here because there's no way they're reaching the heights of slipknot and their 10 million no. band members smashing things um but they had a little bit more than bands like papa roach did um yeah. in terms of that kind of presence and that kind of f- like flamboyant flair i suppose they caught a little bit above them um and i guess yeah. some of that came from being so early in the scene that they really set themselves apart with those weird moments and the scatting um, is theatrical as well yes yeah it you really know, papa roach you get the sort of angry rap talking but it's no it's not even halfway there is it no no it's not it's not there at all not nowhere near the scatting um so so number of superfluous band members um i've got them down as a 5 here um yeah they because, I wouldn't say they really have superfluous band members do they they've got four guys they make the sound they need to make yes well they did have five guys um and, and oh, sometimes of yeah, sometimes two, two guitars yeah and sometimes i feel as though the guitars double up a little bit too much for it to really be required and it's like yeah. you've got a guy here with bagpipes could he not have another guitar <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah um but i think i think overall though that they needed that five piece um could could jonathan davis have been such a impressive front man if he had to do something other than play bagpipes and wear a kilt <laughs> so often no um, and like the way he could. moves his body on stage as a front man is really you know it, it w- he's not you can't do that if you're playing an instrument no and i don't mean that he's like a really impressive dancer or anything but like the way he moves when he scats is yeah theatrical in quite an interesting way Yes, yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, they 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 maybe could have got more out of their their lineup musically, but I think it works very well. So pretty low on the superfluous band members front. Yeah. Um however, no DJ. No DJ. No, there's no scratching no on corn records. <laughs> <laughs> no. They they almost do the um the the Rage Against the Machine thing again where Rage Against the Machine did a very big point of saying all of the 
all, everything you hear on these records is made by guitar. Um, yeah. And Korn do a similar kind of thing with those high-end notes and, 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 and that kind of weird instrumentation where it's like, you know, we're trying to replicate or, or, or give nods to other kinds of music, but we're doing yeah. it all with our, with, with our own instruments, which is, which, which is in cool. many ways is the opposite of Slipknot where you have no, no idea whether it's the, um, the like keyboards or the, um, spiky head gimp mask guy on media and samples who's making the sound that's going. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the mystery. <laughs> that's, what, that's why we love them. <laughs> Um, yeah. okay, okay right next next criteria here hair color and style variety i have got a nine i think we need to go <laughs> high here we have got dreadlock dreadlock cornrows normal hair long hair those dreadlocks at kill <laughs> does, doesn't contain hair um yeah. but um but the, the the two dreadlocks different colors as well yeah. we're pointing yeah. out we've also got some beards on the go We've got some mm-hmm. weird braiding as well. We've got a good v- variety of hairstyles here, and we've also have you, got. Have you seen Jonathan Davis recently? He's got like a massive grey beard, and he looks like an angry Scotsman, and I love it. <laughs> I really like it. He looks like a he looks like Gandalf's pissed off brother. It's brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over it. Um, he looks like he's here to remind us all that the English are bad and the Scottish are good. <laughs> That's why we love him. As we talked um, about on this week's episode of um, <laughs> Big Boys Don't Cry. We did, we did. Um, yeah, yeah, shout out to him and his cool, 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 angry Scotsman look. You could just imagine him as like a druid casting yeah. casting hexes <laughs> on the Romans, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, it's great. He'd be so good at that. He would. Hey, Jonathan Davis, when you build a time machine, take us back with you so you can yeah. we can watch you doing hexes on the English. That's what and I also for. feel like style variety, it's fair to say that their tracksuits were part of that as well. Because actually, if you look at the sort of the gothic edge that a lot of metal bands have, that is, again, really in opposition to that. Yes, yeah, they're, they're wearing their tracksuits. And they had their fair share of, of baggy jeans and things like that. But then you've got Fieldy wearing like... Um, basketball shirts and things like that yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's, it's it's cool and then as they went on you saw jonathan davis wearing like full-on goth outfits and stuff like that there's they, they had their own unique look and various different looks over time Did i'm looking at an incredible picture of them i think is quite recent or from last year fieldy's got a massive beard and blue dreads Fuck oh yeah. i love it mate these guys know what these guys know what's up yeah, they're supposed to be touring with Faith No More this year. Oh, that mate. would be an amazing. <laughs> I would, I would love to be there for that. That would be yeah. so good. Um, okay, right. So next criteria, we've got Goof Factor again. It's got to be a high score here, right? So I've got a nine. You've yeah. got, you've got bagpipes. You've got slap bass. You've got scatting. <laughs> These guys are goofy motherfuckers. That I've given them the same score as we gave Limp Biscuit for Goof. Factor. I was going to say, are they as goofy as Limp Biscuit? I'd say they're goofy as, as goofy as Limp Biscuit, but in a different way. Yeah. So, so, so Limp Biscuit, the, their goof it's came more subtle from, goof. Yeah, Limp Biscuit's goof came from Fred Durst basically being a giant jeb end, um, <laughs> and and that that's where their goof came from. Whereas whereas Corn's goof comes from, it's the insidious goof, isn't it? It's the it's the oh, this is a cool riff. Oh wait, it's my favourite Sith. Do Lord. I do I hear <laughs> insidious goof? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you, you listen to it and you think, oh, this is a cool riff. Oh, wait, is that bagpipes I hear in the background? Is, is, is that an angry badger or is someone goth scatter, uh, wolf, wolf scattering yeah. rather? It's, it's, um, it's, yeah, so I've given Freak them the same. Unleash is the perfect example of that, where, as I said, you get two thirds of the way through a fairly g- a good metal song and then suddenly, it, yeah, everything drops out. And in the video, it's even more apparent because that's the moment the bullet comes into the room and then they're all like looking at it. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a perfect... I, I love that video. It's, it's a perfect accompaniment to the song. And um, the video for Word Up as well, where their faces are on the bodies of dogs. They are dogs. Like, did, you've, did, got, you've got to have a major goof factor to get away with that. And and that, that goof factor continued. So um, the song Hold On, which was off their 2007 album, um, <laughs> the video for that, they're doing like bull riding. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, put it put it have a look after the episode and put it in the show notes. But um yeah, they You mean like a mechanical bull? Uh no, so that so they're uh, is it or maybe it's it's a um bronco competition. They're doing one of those things where it's either 
Oh, well, like a rodeo. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a radio type thing. It's it's absolutely ridiculous, and you've got them being amazing, amazing radio stars. Um, Brilliant. So yeah, it's uh, it's great. Really recommend you check that out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they've got some goof, and then finally we've got the cringe barometer. Um, and again, I've got them pretty high on this. So then they're, they're not as high as Limp Bizkit. No, but I've got them. Obviously. I've got them on an eight because some of it is incredibly cringe. Yeah, um, they don't want you to give them something to break. No, um, some some of it's incredibly cringe. But I was surprised that they weren't top of the table for cringe. I I was quite dreading listening to them again. Um, but actually, they're they're cringy, but it's not cringy enough to make you want to not yeah. listen to them. There is a part of you that that listens to it and goes, "This is really stupid." <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. That's the same with most of this. But uh, yeah. it's less than I was expecting, for sure. And again, some of the lyrics are really cringeworthy. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, but overall, it's a high cringe barometer, but it's not quite the highest. Yeah. And I think we need to leave those two top scores open for Limp Bizkit, obviously, they're a high scorer here. But I think there's a lot of bands coming up that are, they've got to yeah. get those nines and tens. We've so far talked about the bands that were, you know, rightly the titans of the genre and they, they're they in that position for a reason, right? Yes, but but after that, we need to delve into the depths of new metal, find those hidden gems or find those bands that were, you know, around for one album and see whether actually they are the most new metal band of all. Because new metal is not just defined by the winners, it's also defined by the losers. Yeah. And some of these bands are proper losers. <laughs> I'm looking forward to discussing them. Yes. So um, let me let me put all of these final scores into the computer and we'll let it calculate the new metal percentage. So this is the official ranking of how new metal are corn. And can they come out higher than uh, previous champion Slipknot? Um, so if you just bear with me one moment. Oh, did Slipknot beat Limp Bizkit? So Slipknot beat Limp Bizkit just by a slim. Interesting. Um, it's because of the... The um, Spiky Gimp Man. Spiky Gimp Man, yeah. So it was all he, about... He was the, the one who tipped it over It the was edge. all about the theatrics and the number of superfluous band members that, that tipped them over the edge. Um, but Korn have been... That's a pretty consistent scoring from Korn. So I think they might get it, but we'll just double check. So bear with whilst it calculates. Calculating. Calculating. Okay, I've got the printout here, and their new metal percentage, it is the first band to break into the top quarter of Ooh. scoring. Um, so they're only just in, but they're with 77.14% new metal. Corn are our current champions of new wow. metal. Um, again, because of that, can- that consistency of having hair style variety, having goof, having cringe, but also having catchy choruses and riffs. Um, they are currently, because of that consistent scoring, our, our top new metal band. Not in terms of quality. No. but out We of, are not here to discuss quality. We're not here to discuss who the best band is, but Korn so far are the no- most new metal band we have listened to on this podcast. But I think there will be bands that are more new metal to come. That yeah, It's not reached sure. 80% new metal, and there's definitely some bands that were at least 90% new metal. We've only scratched the surface. We have, we have. Um, but for now, Corn, you are you are top of the new metal charts. Don't rest too comfortably, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, don't be complacent, no. Jonathan Davis. No. I know you listen every week. <laughs> He's a big fan. He's a big fan. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be out there from this trying to change his hairstyle to tip it over the edge. Yeah, he's like, God damn it, I need to get that hairstyle up to a ten. Or, or bringing in a superfluous band member. Yeah, you find right. out ne- next week. Announcement on Metal Hammer. Corn have hired the um, tortilla man. They've poached him from Slipknot. <laughs> You'll find out that System of a Down and Corn have teamed up so that they both get their their number of super oh, yeah. band members up to nine by adding their System of together. a Corn. <laughs> corn of a Down. Um, <laughs> right. So, okay. What do we What do we have next time then? What's who, who um, come, who's coming up next? I was I was thinking. Oh, you know. When you think about new metal, yeah, there are a lot of sounds that come to mind, some of which are in da, brr, da, in da, in da, and that kind of thing. Some of it's riffs, some of it's high guitars, some of it's Fred Durst going, so come get it. But <laughs> the most important sound in the new metal canon is obviously... Ooh, oh. So I think it's about time. We took a bit of a right turn and went for Disturbed. I am all here for this. 
we're gonna gonna knock out some disturbed. I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a band who still appear to be promoting a tour called the Catch the Sickness Tour on their Spotify. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Read the Bless. room disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about that on the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll we'll leave it there but thanks a lot for tuning in we really really appreciate it and hope you're enjoying going on this journey with us and having a lot of fun listening to corn you know we're really really enjoying this and having a lot of fun and we hope you are too yeah i i hope you've enjoyed listening to corn with us um i really loved it and i think i'm going to be listening to their albums a little bit obviously my next priority is disturbed but yeah. we love you Corn. gotta get down with the sickness we're, we're down with you corn though we're yeah. down with the sickness and we're down with corn. We, we want to go give Fieldy a big hug. Yeah, he's great. I bet he's a good hugger. I bet he could hug yeah, Fieldy. Yeah. I hope all hugger. his dreams come true. I hope they all come true. I hope he becomes the rock and roll gangster that the world truly deserves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, you can find us on Twitter at PodDurst. Don't be a stranger. Get, get in touch. Yes, come join us. Yeah. Um, we'll be back soon to talk about Disturbed. Alrighty, bye-bye. Alrighty.